Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes podcast, where we dive into the issues, updates, and conversations that you need to hear about to scale and grow your business. My name is Rami Alijil, CEO of Poplar Financial, and I'm excited to have you here. Today, we will be diving in to a Q&A that was a question and answer that was about adoption assistance programs and whether or not they need to be in writing. And this goes to a broader set of general uh, IRS-exempted um, compensation issues and whether or not they need to be in writing. Before we dive into it, let me remind you that you can find my book, People Processes, How Your People Can Be Your Organization's Competitive Advantage, on Amazon.com right now. You can also go to peopleprocesses.com to subscribe and receive special subscriber-only content like our process organizer, onboarding checklists, and much, much more. Please also consider subscribing to the podcast on Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and most podcast players of your choice. If you have any questions like these, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Poplar Financial. I'd love to hear from you and answer your questions on there. Now, let us dive in. Here's the issue. Uh, one of our clients asked, we would like to implement an adoption assistance program for our company. In order for the financial assistance to be non-taxable, does the program need to be in writing? And the answer to this is yes. And the answer to most of these kind of questions is yes. Adoption assistance programs in particular are governed under the IRS code section 137, which specifies that an adoption assistance program must be a separate written plan of the employer that meets certain requirements. Under an employer-provided program, section 137 excludes from an employee's gross income amounts furnished by the employer for adoption assistance purposes. Section 137 allows an employer to provide up to $14,080 in 2019 per child on an aggregate, not annual basis, for qualified adoption expenses. Adoptive a parent's adjusted gross income determines the amount of the adoption expense limit that, that applies to them. <coughs> Excuse me. In 2019, the credit begins to phase out at an AGI of 211000 and is completely phased out at 251000 So you have to write that out. While Section 137 requires a written plan, it does not specify that the plan follow a particular format. You can design it how you want. At a minimum, the written plan should define the group of employees eligible to receive benefits, describe the specific benefits offered under the program, and any particular limitations. That's super important. Participation in the plan may be limited to a classification of employees determined by the employer, but the plan may not discriminate in favor of officers, shareholders, or the highly compensated or their dependents. Finally, reasonable notification of the terms and conditions of the plan must be provided to eligible employees. So that's how most of these kind of plans work. You can set it up to work out to be just a particular class of employees. You have to write that out. You have to disclose it. You have to let everyone eligible for the plan know. But even if you do restrict it to a certain class, it cannot discriminate in favor of officers, shareholders, or highly compensated employees. Um, we could have an episode on HCEs if you guys have any questions about that. But that is how you need to do it. So yes, write your plan, spell out who's eligible, spell out what they get, spell out any limitations, and do not discriminate. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the day. It's just a quick question and answer. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. If you have any questions for us, submit it to our Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook page. We would love to help you out. My name is Rami Alijil. Thank you for listening. Go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.